encourage one another to be faithful uh, through our testimony. Um, in Romans chapter 12, Paul addresses uh, the Christians in Rome and he encourages them and exhorts them. In fact, he uses the word beseech to present their bodies a living sacrifice. And um, he talks about the fact that he wants them uh, to be uh, holy and acceptable unto God. And these were two areas that he was emphasizing that they, they yield their bodies or they sacrifice their bodies to was the issue of being holy and being acceptable unto God. And he, and he refers to it as just their reasonable service. I've preached on that before, and I'm not going to re-preach that issue. But he says this, "...and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God." We talk, touched on that last Wednesday night. Uh, I want to begin in verse number 3, and uh, we're going to give you six areas that I can find in this chapter um, that we can be an encouragement or a help to other Christians in uh, by our testimony in these areas. Uh, and so we'll look at some of these things, and I also believe that there are areas specifically that Paul is addressing that uh, are the areas that we are most prone to not yield to the Lord completely. We, we tend to hold on to them a little bit uh, in some areas. And we're going to look at these very quickly. In verse number 3, he goes on to say this, For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And uh, so I want to begin with this. Uh, one of the key areas that I think we can be an example to one another uh, by way of our testimony and encouragement and edifier one to another is in the area of our humility. Uh, the fact that we're not to think more highly of ourselves or be arrogant. We're not to look down on others. We all, how many of you here today are, and we'll have a raise of hands here, okay? How many of you here today are sinners that have been saved by the grace of God? All right? So that means that you used to be not what you are today. And the fact is, every single one of us sitting here are involved in the Christian growth or the Christian walk or the maturing of the Christian. Now, I will say this. We all ought to be maturing. Amen? Some of you all ate lunch and now you got your pillows out. Amen? We all ought to be maturing. I think we can agree on that, right? And I will say this. It is possible for some to mature faster than others and some to mature slower than others. Would you agree with that? However, we all ought to be maturing. Because of that, there are some people that are further along this journey of maturing than others. Would you agree with that? Okay. Then we need to be careful that we do not discourage or hinder somebody that is not as far along as we think we are in the Christian life by being critical of them for not being what we are. There needs to be a sense of humility that we all are sinners saved by the grace of God. Now, we ought to encourage that brother, we ought to help that brother or sister, and encourage them along the way. But I fear that oftentimes we get to a point where we at least think we are further along than we really are. And to be real frank with you, I think sometimes the arrogance of that and the judgmentalness that comes from that is actually showing that we're not as mature as we thought we were. Uh, the Bible speaks in Philippians chapter 2 uh, about the mind of Christ and the humbleness that He had. 
Even though he thought it not robbery to be equal with God, he made himself of no reputation. Took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of a man. He had every right, he's the only one who did, to come to this earth with royal and regal announcements, with robes flowing, with the crown on his head. He had every right to make every person bow, and one day they will. But he chose not to do that, didn't he? He came as a servant. Why? Because it was needful for us that he did that. And can I encourage us in this, that as we go along in our Christian life, there needs to be a sense of humility. And Paul exhorts these folks uh, in the area of, of submitting themselves and yielding themselves <coughs> as a living sacrifice unto God, that in the area of humility, uh, they are to give God control of that. That they're to allow Him to do a work in their lives. And so I want to encourage us, first of all, that we, think, uh, that we not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. And I've given you the, the definition before, but in case you've forgotten it, I'll give it to you again, that I love to hear uh, about uh, pride and humility. And uh, humility is not thinking less of yourself than you should. Uh, it certainly is not thinking more of yourself than you should. It's simply not thinking of yourself. And sometimes we're, we're proud of our humility, and the humility goes out the door because of our pride of our humility. The truth is we ought not even be focused on our humility. There ought to be such a humble spirit about us. We ought to be focused on others. We ought to be focused on the Lord Jesus Christ and on uh, being a help and a blessing to others. And so Paul exhorts them in this uh, verse number 3 not to think of themselves more highly than they ought to. And we can be an example of the believers in this. We can be a testimony and an edifying uh, effect and an encouraging effect to one another in the area of our humility. Rather than being critical of someone not being to the spiritual level that you are, how about becoming an encouragement to them to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? And so I think this is one of the things that Paul deals with here. Look with me in verse number 9. Uh, we'll, let's read, we'll read down through verse 9 because these are all good verses. In verse number 4, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy let us prophesy, according to the proportion of faith, or ministry let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, uh, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. <coughs> and so all of these are in reference to uh, having a, a humble spirit. Whatever it is, the gift that God has given to you, uh, use it to the best of your ability and use it to be a help to others, to edify others. All right, verse number 9, he gives us another one here. He says, let love be without dissimulation. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. And we ought to be encouraging to one another in our walk, our Christian walk. How should our walk be? Well, we ought to love without a fakeness to it. Without The Bible uses the word here, dissimulation. Uh, there ought to be a genuineness to our love. Uh, there are times that, uh, it down south at least, we, uh, we came up with a kind way of being critical. And uh, we, we, can, we can be critical of somebody as long as we say, I love you before it. Uh, for instance, I could say, uh, Brother John, I love you, but that tie looks terrible. Which it doesn't, by the way. It looks very sharp. 
But as long as we prefaced it with, I love you, uh, then it was okay. Uh, and so the truth is that was a fakeness of our love, wasn't it? That was a lack of sincerity. Um, there needs to be a genuineness to our love. And then not only that, but in our walk, uh, not only should there be a genuineness of our love, but there ought to be an abhorring of that which is evil and a cleaving of that which is good. Look what he says in verse number 9. He says, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. And the word abhor is, is more than just don't like it. I mean, there's a, there's a hatred to it. There's, a, there's such a disdain for it that we cannot tolerate in our lives. Abhorring that which is evil and cleaving to that which is good. And so we can encourage one another in our walk. We ought to have this in our life. It ought to be part of our testimony. Uh, that we're a person that loves genuinely, that we don't like those things that are evil. We hate them. Uh, we love and we cleave to those things which are good. And you can encourage one another in your walk. Um, it's very difficult uh, to listen to somebody that's saying one thing and living something completely different. And so we need to make sure that our walk uh, matches up. Somebody said years ago, uh, your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your walk talk, your talk talks. So I get all that right. Meaning that what you live is more important many times to people than what you say. And uh, so your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. All right? So hopefully that will make some sense to you. Uh, and I think that's what, what Paul's getting at here. Uh, to encourage one another, to edify one another, to give our walk to the Lord as a living sacrifice. Say, Lord, you've got all of it. I want to be a testimony for you. All right? Verse number 10. He says, Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. Can I tell you this? We can be an encouragement one to another with our kindness. Our kindness. And boy, our world could use a healthy dose right now of kindness, couldn't it? Even among God's people, sad to say, I was talking with somebody a number of years ago very close to me, and we were having a discussion. And they made the comment, they said, uh, they had been, they'd served in, in what we would consider to be full-time Christian service in, in uh, being a, a Christian school teacher. And uh, then they had worked out in, in what we would call secular work or away from uh, like a ministry-related type of a job. And uh, they made this statement. They said, you know, the people in the world treat me better than the people in the church. And the truth of the matter is, in that particular case, they were correct on it. And that's a shame. That's a shame that those of us who know Christ, who have the love of Christ in us, are not as kind oftentimes as people that are in the world who don't even have the light of the glorious gospel in their hearts. They've not been redeemed. They don't have the Holy Spirit living inside of them. And part of the fruit of the Spirit is that we be kind one to another. That there needs to be a tenderness there. There needs to be a gentleness there. And uh, so uh, Paul, Paul hits the nail on the head here again. Be kindly affectionate. Uh, one toward another. In verse number 9, he says, uh, verse number 10, be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. And, uh, you know, that, that I, would, I would rather rejoice that God gave you a blessing than for God to give me a blessing. Because I enjoy watching God do work in your life. And that would be the spirit we have. And that's what Paul's referring to here. Uh, preferring one another. 
I'm just as happy if God does something for you as if He did it for me. Why? Because it helped my brother in Christ. It's a blessing to them. They're rejoicing in what God's done for them, and I want to rejoice with them. And uh, so we ought to, uh, we can encourage one another in our kindness. Verse number 11, Be not, slow, or not slothful business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. And again, we can be a testimony and an edification to each other in the area of our work. In the area of our work. We certainly all ought to be... Uh, have a good work ethic, whether we're involved in secular work or the Lord's work, we ought to do it as unto the Lord. The Bible tells us, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. That servants are to obey their masters as if they were obeying the Lord. They are to uh, work hard. They are to give an honest day's labor for an honest day's wage. But I would say this, even beyond secular work, that when it comes to the Lord's work, we need to be diligent. We need to be diligent in this area. And uh, to not be slothful in it. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. And so in the area of our work, whether it be secular work or in the service of the Lord, we should not be slothful in it. We should be diligent in it. And this will edify. This will encourage each other. Uh, I don't know how many times I've gone to men, and I've told, I've told several men this. Not, not, I'm not, I don't hand this compliment out very flippantly or casually. But there are a few pastors that uh, some of them are up in years, some of them are not pastoring anymore. And I've told them uh, and made it a point to make sure that they know and understand how much of a blessing they have been to me over the years. Not so much by the things that they've said, but by their work that they've done for the Lord. Their steadfastness, their diligence, uh, their unbending in, in times of uh, persecution, in times of trial. Uh, just watching their lives, the blessing that they have been to me. And it does. It makes a difference, doesn't it? You get around some brothers and sisters in Christ, you see them going through the trials, through the burdens. Uh, I was talking with someone just uh, a little while back, uh, just a little bit ago, and uh, found out of a, a burden they're going through. And apparently they've been going through it for several weeks, and I didn't even know about it. Because every time I see them, they're smiling. They've got they've got something good to say, and I just found out about it, and it's heartbreaking. It really is what they're going through. But their testimony, their testimony of being steadfast, uh, makes a big big difference, and has been an encouragement to me. Verse number twelve: Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. I put down here, we ought to be edifying to one another in our attitude. Our attitude. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. You don't give up hope. Have a good attitude about things. God is still on the throne. God is still in control. When trials come, we go to Him in prayer. We're instant in prayer. We continue in hope. Uh, We rejoice in it. And uh, so I have down here, we need to be an example to one another and to encourage one another in the area of our attitude. And uh, attitude is one of those things that sooner or later, uh, the genuineness of your heart on the matter is going to be seen. You might hide it for a while, but before long, that genuineness of your attitude, the reality of your attitude is going to become apparent to people. And I think we ought to, we ought to ask the Lord regularly, Lord, help me with my attitude. I was talking to somebody a while back. And uh, they were talking about a problem they were having with their attitude. And I was able to relate. Because I'll tell you, I can remember 
having problems when I was younger, in my 20s and early 30s. And you guys know me now, and after God's done a lot of beating me up and getting me where He wanted me to be, pounding on the clay and getting those those cheeks out of the clay. Uh, but I used to have a horrible temper, horrible temper. And uh, you, some of you that know me now, you think, well, I couldn't even picture that. But I, I spent a lot of time praying and pleading with God, Lord, help me in this area. I had a godly deacon come one day and sit me down and talk with me and help me in this area. And I thank the Lord for him. Uh, I thank the Lord for His work in that area. And there are still times that the, 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 the hair on the back of my head raises up and the veins begin to start getting, uh, you know, they want to pop out. Uh, but God can help us with our attitudes. He can make us what we ought to be because it is what's needful. It's what's helpful to people. And uh, it's amazing how many times just seeing somebody in the way that God has worked in their life and how He's helped them has been a help to me and an encouragement to me. And when folks come to me and they share with me how God's done some things uh, to help them with their attitudes, uh, it has encouraged me uh, and helped me along that same that same path and the same need. Number 13, verse number 13. Distributing the necessity of the saints, given a hospitality. I think we can be an example of the believers and encourage one another in the area of our generosity. The area of our generosity, our kindness, our generosity, our hospitality, uh, all these kind of go together in verse number 13. Verse number 14, and I'll give you two more and we'll be done. Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. This is a tough one. But we can encourage one another in our perseverance. In our perseverance. How we react. Uh, when those when those fiery darts come, when the attacks come, when the, the 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 harsh words are spoken of us, how do we respond to that? Do we persevere in keeping a humble spirit? Do we persevere in our kindness? Do we persevere in trying to be Christ honoring in our response? Paul speaks of this, and I think it's one of those areas that he's dealing with when he talks about us uh, making uh, our lives a living sacrifice, that we yield our will in the matter. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. We don't retaliate. We don't, we don't try to strike back out and cause harm back to them. And uh, I think there's a great, great testimony that comes from that. A great help to others. And then uh, verse number 15. He says, Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. And I would say this, and I wrote down this, that we can encourage one another in the area of uh, our empathy. Being able to relate to others. When they sorrow, we sorrow. Uh, They're a brother in Christ. They're hurting. And because they're hurting, I hurt. Or they're rejoicing and God's given them some great victory. They're a brother in Christ or sister in Christ. I want to rejoice with them. I want to thank God with them for the victory He's given to them. And folks, I'll tell you, if we could get a hold of some of these, I think it would make a big difference in how we edify and relate one to another. Uh, I know it's a great testimony in front of a lost world. That goes without saying. But I think we lose the idea that it is a help to us. But Paul told Timothy, be an example of the believers in word and conversation and spirit. Uh, all of these things, all of these areas that he, he said to Timothy, you need to be an example of the believers because believers need to see it too. 
I am encouraged when I see God's people going through some of the same things I've gone through. They're coming out victorious on the other side. That encourages me. That strengthens me. That causes me to think, Lord, if they can do it with your strength, then certainly I can do it with your strength. And uh, I want to encourage us in this. I think this is what Paul is dealing uh, with a lot in this chapter, uh, of not just being a, a living sacrifice to God, but specifically in the area of trying to be a help one to another. To not think of ourselves more highly than we ought, but try to look at the others around us and say, how can I be a help to them? How can I edify them? And how can I strengthen them? So I hope that will be a help to you uh, today. And uh, take it through this week and try to be an encouragement to someone else. All right? Let's go ahead and stand. We'll be dismissed in prayer. Father, we are grateful for the teaching of your word. Just some very practical, very simple steps this afternoon. And Lord, it goes without saying, we want to...